honestly feel like I wasn't invited. I'm a, I'm a little little sad about it, man. It's uh, all I was really looking for. When's the last time you were not invited to a party that you wanted to go to? Uh, you know, there's so many that come to mind, Jay. You know? you're a loser. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but... Guess who's the loser this weekend, dude? Oh, all right. We'll give it to you for 10 seconds. Go ahead. 10 seconds. Really quick. Big shout out, University of Miami, taking down our rivals, the FSU Knowles. God, it feels so good smashing them every single year. Four years in a row, actually, to be honest. And this beat down was something... This was something of the heavens. 52-0 is nothing to flaunt about. And Jay, that is back-to-back losses by my beloved Hurricanes. How do you feel, bud? Back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Does it feel good picking on uh, a team that is just so horrible right now? In three letters, one word, yes. Yeah, all right. Well, just, you know, talk to me in 17 years, buddy, when uh, <laughs> when FSU's back to being a decent college football program. Jay, I'm not even saying good. I'm just saying decent. Did you or did you not tell me after that game that Florida State is now a basketball school? Florida State is now a basketball school, if I recall correctly, number one recruiting class. And uh, I think they've shifted their focus, which uh, hurts me very deeply. But this goes to show you, Inter-Miami fans, take note. FSU turned on Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo said, I'm out. I'm going to the SEC. And Jimbo is smiling, laughing. His, you know what? Off. Because Florida State is such a struggle. I feel uninvited because I just wanted to see an Inter-Miami revenge win against the Philadelphia Union. They weren't able to do it. Uh, nor against New York Red Bulls. But big shout out to the Miami Heat. I see a lot of our fans and people in Facebook group that watch both games simultaneously. So I know a lot of people are happy and apparently feel strange, but we'll shout out the Miami Marlins. Uh, you lost a hundred games and you have the first team to do that and still make the playoff. So good job. I, I guess good That's luck. Impressive. I don't know. I don't, that might be the most impressive thing to happen in sports. <laughs> That's going to, they're going to win an SB. <laughs> no, but Jay said it. Big shout out to all the Miami sports going on. Huge, huge time down here with the MLB playoffs kicking off and the Heat in the finals back. They're back. It's been a while, but Spolstra pulled it together and honestly jay i think spolster is one of the best coaches in the nba so you know we are talking about the inner miami squad as well but we did want to give our props to all the teams in south florida but we know why you're here and it is because hold on hold on because you 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 want to you want to put me in that deep hole of a loss again let it be known my man mr alex papa george is in fact from San Diego, and a diehard, lifelong Lakers fan. So if there's anyone that you can <laughs> plan on hating for the next two weeks, uh, it's going to be the, the man who is currently sitting to my left. Listen, if you... I'm not going to, out without a fight. If <laughs> Touche, Jay. And the good news is, is I can't lose on this. I have been yeah. living out here for over a decade, about 11 years. As Jay said, I am from San Diego, California. Fun fact about me, Jay, I bet you didn't know this, but my parents actually met at the Great Great Western Arena in Inglewood at a Lakers game, the first time they ever met. So the purple and gold is definitely in my blood, but as they say, there will be blood, and we'll see who is scarred the most, Jay. 
Sure. Shout out Inglewood and shout out Compton for uh, Alex's parents. Yeah, big shout out. Big shout out. Making things happen outside of... Could have gone a lot of ways with that. But welcome, everybody, to <laughs> the Inner Miami podcast. This is Alex Papa George, joined, like always, by Mr. Jay Kington. It's it's 41, bud. I prefer Sir Jay Kington. Or do you prefer Guillermo? I, uh, hey. Oh, maybe yeah. another time. Yeah, that's a, that's a deep <laughs> joke. Uh, anyway, yeah, so let's get to this. If you don't follow us already, uh, check us out. We have a Facebook. We have an Instagram and a Twitter it's at Intermiami Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, but unfortunately, you can only have 15 characters, so it's Enter MIA Podcast on Twitter. We also have a website, intermiamipodcast.com, and shoot us emails. We love answering them. We are going to be doing a uh, fan and slash listener question segment in an upcoming podcast, so please do send us your questions you have that you'd like to have us discuss. Um, ideally team related, but if you want to throw out some interesting little personal questions for either Alex or myself, we'll be happy to enter or answer those. But the email is J and Alex at intermiamipodcast.com. Boom. Feel to get as personable as you want and drop whatever makes you curious. We're at, we're here to help. We are here to help. We get a ton of questions up and down the week, but Jay did touch on it, took a little bit of our thunder, but we're actually teaming up with Austin. Austin is from... Austin Robillard from Five Reasons yes, Sports Network. Welcome we're podcast. We're going to be teaming up with him on our next podcast, bringing you guys a special review of the remaining... What are we at? Eight games or nine? Nine, nine games. Nine. We're left nine games right now in the 2020 MLS season. So we're going to do a little bit of a half year in review and a half year into what can expect, or as other people would say, a preview. In addition, we're going to get into some fun awards that we've seen along the way, including best goal, best assist, best celebration, and my favorite category most trout move we'll get into the details <laughs> next episode when it all does drop but it's going to be pretty fun we're going to bring everybody up to uh speed on the world of major league soccer we understand a lot of you are big fans of the world of football you know not just worldwide but also here domestically and you know we wanted to go ahead and offer a little bit of review and i think it's going to be a blast jay Indeed, we do have nine games left to shine. We are actually technically tied for last, but uh, on the tables, one up. We've got DC United below us. Uh, interesting how we're above them. They do have a better goal differential, but it looks like we have uh, one more win than them. So, hey, we will take it. Um, what, are you, what are your thoughts on that? Thoughts are, thoughts, are, thoughts are A, if you haven't done so already, please go ahead on Apple Podcasts and give us five-star reviews. We always appreciate it. And we get this comment all the time. You know, how do we know that the next episode is dropping? Well, A, follow us on social media, but B, make sure to hit that little subscribe button on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You will be alerted every single time a pod is released. So please do that. And Jay, to your point, man, I think we were talking about our last game or second to last game against the Red Bulls. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at two uh, pretty tough losses back-to-back. -back. Uh, again, you know, when we thought we turned that corner and uh, we were finally on the way up. But uh, before we go through that, let's go ahead and just jump into, you know, some general team news and, and, and some updates that have been happening. We have had a kind of Lee Win 2.0 situation happen here. Uh, someone that, you know, the fans honestly, you know, liked for the most part. But uh, now maybe gone too soon or maybe not. Yeah, Roman Torres has been traded back 
back to the Seattle Sounders for a 2021 first round draft pick. And guess what, Jay? This pick is also 19th protected. And so a lot of people are one. Got to use protection. Got to use, always use protection. You should know something about that, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, does not, so. Does that not sound confident? Oh, no, we got it. Um, and trust me, you were probably confident at the time. But, <laughs> but yes, this pick is top 19 protected. So what the heck does that mean? It actually means that we want the Seattle Sounders to do well. We want the Seattle Sounders to do well so we can get this pick next year. If we do not get this pick and say Seattle finishes, you know, in the top 19, right? Because it is top 19 protected. We are then going to be bumped to 2022 for a second round pick. So, you know, there are only 26 teams in the MLS. So you're really looking for a little bit of luck with this, Jay. What's your opinion on the trade, bud? Yeah, uh, well, first and foremost, uh, I think it is the right move, not only for the club, but also for Roman himself, right? That's where he, um, you know, really made a name for himself, Mm -hmm. you know, also with the Panamanian national team and that goal that knocked uh, the United States out of the uh, 2018 World Cup. We won't forget that. But, uh, you know, I think it's a good opportunity. He is definitely older. Uh, He will be retiring sometime soon, I would imagine. So why not? retire with the squad that you uh, really have, you know, all of your legacy is there. Uh, your, you know, most recent uh, MLS Cup win was there. So I think it's a it's a good move. Uh, for the team, obviously the deal doesn't sound great, right? Because we want Seattle to play well, to finish kind of in those top seven teams um, so that we can get this pick. Uh, you know, if they don't, then again, it's going to be pushed out till uh, 2022 for a, uh, a second round pick, but you know, that doesn't sound like a great deal. It really doesn't. But again, we mentioned this a couple episodes ago, once they traded Lee went out, it's Lee Wynn, Roman Torres and Will Trapp that accumulated for 40% of our salary mm-hmm. cap. So uh, this is really mainly just a, uh, clear some space out of the salary cap. There's, you know, player that was linked that, that we shared, um, I think early over the weekend on our on our Facebook and uh, social media handles uh, about someone we're, we're kind of going for. So, you know, this they're still building the team. I think that we know where our strengths are, but there's still going to be some augmentations. The good news is Seattle's in the West. So cheer for them all the way till the MLS Cup. And then, you know, enter Miami, we'll, we'll just beat them in the final of the MLS Cup, right? Because we're going to the final. Yeah, it'd be all good at that rate. I mean, listen <laughs> – If Torres isn't going to get play out here, you know, we wish him the best. I think the story of Roman Torres will, you know, probably not get told as as many of the other stories will on this team. But I'm sure he had a lasting impact on a bunch of our young players. Um, Roman, like we talked about, is rejoining Seattle. He's won two major league soccer championships with the Sounders. And, you know, we acquired him over the offseason as a free agent after five years with the Sounders. So um, kind of curious after they let him go, you know, they wanted to come back. We'll see if they, he plays a role with them. But, you know, t- TBD on that. It is TBD. And honestly, I'm not sure exactly how much he's going to play, you know, on Seattle. Mm-hmm. Their, their back line is, is pretty They're substantial. Uh, you know, you've heard rumors of, you know, maybe sometime in the near future, DeAndre uh, Yedlin uh, wanting to come back to the MLS. And, and while we do, you know, have the number one spot on the allocation uh, ranking, you know, I think there's a very high chance that he just wants to go back to Seattle. So, um, you know, that's just another great player that they'll have on their back line. So, you know, I, I wish the best for Torres. I hope he gets more playing time. I know he was a vital 
uh, piece of this team, you know, in the initial uh, games. I also think that LGP's arrival was the beginning of the end uh, mm-hmm. for Ramon. And, you know, LGP is basically kind of the uh, the bright, shining star we have right now on a struggling back line. And even though he does commit a lot of fouls and seems to always have his hands up in the air. I think we, I don't know if we said that on air or joked about it, but it would probably be the only action figure that was, you know, molded with his hands in the air already. Um, but it's tough, you know, um, he's, he's a, he's a, well, he's a likable player, you know, he, he is. And I mean, listen, he, he's been there. He's, he's an MLS star for years. He's, um, uh, you know, it, it, it's a little bit of a bummer that he's going to be gone the t- from the team, but this has just been one, of a handful of players. I mean, we lost uh, Argudo. We lost uh, Jerome Kisabetter, who we're actually going to get into in a few minutes. We didn't lose him. We, well, we, we, we might have temporarily misplaced him. You're right. Poor choice of words, sir. But we did go ahead and lose Lee Wynn. Yeah. And we, you know, we did go ahead and wave Lewis. So, you know, even at that, you know, Makun dropped down to the USL team. So we'll see how we're going to put it together. But this could be a roster spot opening up for another player, to your point, and where we are in the order. It, exactly. It, it could be just that we mentioned in the previous episodes too. just the fact that those three hold 40% of our salary cap. You know, Will, Will Trapp was on kind of on that chopping block for me. Now the pressure might be off a little bit because we no longer have Lee. We no longer have Roman who, you know, both were expensive players, but had quality to them. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out is, is Will in a more secure position. I know he's had some struggles. He did come in late in the Philadelphia game and, and looked really, really well. You know, he was orchestrating, um, you know, the the ball from the back throughout the the attack. So be interesting to see. Um, it, it just, you know, as a fan and you see all these, you know, cool sports trades happen across all different types of sports. But this one's really, you know, not that great. I mean, a, a late round first pick or even a, a, a second round pick. Um, I think what we need to focus on here is just clearing out salary cap. I agree. I agree. And, you know, there is a player that we did sign recently that got a huge headliner here this last week with his first start, and we're going to get into him. Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. no. Okay, I see what you're doing mm-hmm. there. You like that? That was a setup, but you messed it up. But, but speaking of headers, bingo, that be- <laughs> big, beautiful blonde that beautiful head. Viking. That beautiful Viking there. Breck. I wish I had hair like oh, that. Oh, Breck. Oh, you you just, you're, you are a fashion hairstyle connoisseur i don't know if if anyone saw the story that that alex took the time out of his day to put together a slideshow that's the word we were looking for we kept saying like collage or a slideshow is accurate of just the the multi-faced hairstyles of the one and only Breck Shea. Not going to lie, dude. That got a lot of love on IG, How man. Does it not, there man? were tons of comments like, dude, that was that was hysterical. So Breck is a rock star. Uh, we tell you pretty much every week now on the pod, if you want a few minutes and just want to get a nice chuckle, go ahead and Google Breck Shea dreadlocks or Breck Shea cornrows. I swear it will be funny. But in we're going to other... find ways to make you smile when we're downtrodden, <laughs> when we're losing. We're still going to find ways to make you smile. That's in, what it's all about. In Breck Shea news, like everyone was asking us in this last game, was that Breck was unfortunately out due to injury. We probably could have really used that beautiful blonde head of his because 
Whew, we we needed it, Jay. We needed the offensive threat. We needed someone who acted like they wanted the ball. It was there was a lot of messes that we needed to get into here, but unfortunately for us, the Viking Breck he was out. Yeah, we missed Breck. Um, he he hurt his back. He had to have his back amputated. He had to have a backyotomy. Yeah, probably lifting a cruise ship out of the <laughs> ocean. Probably lifting Thor's hammer. I don't know, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, they, we don't really have a ton of details. We expect him back for the uh, for the next game. He's been a shining star for us uh, as of late, and I cannot wait until he's on the field. Uh, hopefully, you know, in, in a left midfield or even left winger position, you know, building that chemistry with uh, with Mister uh, Iguain, who I think is the big name you were referring to. Uh, outside of that, but we are going to get into. Uh, the blessing that is Gonzalo in his first start, and of course the nightmare that unfolded but first off let's stick with the positive we do have some dubs to talk about it's not from the herons it's from the heron juniors i don't know fort lauderdale cf uh had a heck of a game winning 2-1 over fc tucson now the interesting thing about this is we were losing 1-0 i think their first goal was in the 50 fifth minute uh, for Tucson. So we were basically losing this game for the entire second half. That all changed in the 87th minute with a goal from our boy, Jerome Kiesewetter. Check out our interview with Jerome. We love Jerome. Awesome. Big fan of the pod. Big, big fan of the pod. Love that guy. So happy to see him coming out, Mm. banging in goals. He got a beautiful through ball up the middle from Eduardo Sosa on a quick counterattack, leaving Jerome one-on-one with the goalie on the right side of the box. If you listen to that podcast, you will hear his voice and realize exactly how calm that man is. And speaking of calm, he did it with a very nonchalant little right-footed ball past the keeper into the lower left corner of the goal to – Equalized the game at 1-1 in the 87th minute. The real magic occurred just moments later with Eduardo Sosa ripping a ball from 25 yards out to the right of the goalie, which banged off the post and in in the 94th minute. We're talking the fourth minute of stoppage team time. (laughs) Great win, lads. At least we know we can count on you for some dubs. LOL, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> to all the day wonders, it's been a while. I got I back on the soundboard, bro. I was just thinking about the air horn <laughs> earlier today, and I was like, we got to find a way to integrate I, it. I again. mean, no way Jerome goes out there and whips a goal, and we're not throwing an air horn out for our boy. Big shout out, Jerome. Big shout out to Fort Lauderdale. Doing big things. Doing big things, baby. Now let's get into it. Um, I guess we'll just kind of skim through this one we're going to spend some more time in our misery dungeon uh (laughs) once we get to philadelphia but uh, we did play red bulls um gosh i try to forget about these days what was that last saturday yes sir okay maybe Uh, i don't know (laughs) when was it was it wednesday i don't know i've like literally just tried to blot that memory from my from my my brain but uh coming in six wins six losses two ties seventh in the east as of right now, uh, quick breakdown. Uh, it was very, very sad. Early goals coming in from Mandela Egbo after a penalty by our boy Blaze Matsuidi, who has struggled a little bit the past couple of games. Uh, gave up the penalty. They converted it. 
then we drew it level with a beautiful goal from Juan Aguadello, which was actually funny because I was talking to a fan who uh, has questioned why Aguadello was in our attack. This was also the game we had no other substitutes for forwards. <laughs> we were basically ride or die with Aguadello. Uh, but he had a, uh, a nice little kind of laying out uh, scissor kick, uh, mid-scissor kick in the air to put the ball past the goalie off a beautiful assist by the one and only Mateus Pella Messi. I'm branding Woo! it now. Pella Messi, baby. The you next heard it. The Argentinian. Uh, just as you were, um, you know, kind of questioning his play. He does a really cheeky high through ball, gets over. We get the goal. Uh, very short-lived and typical Inter-Miami fashion. We did actually make it to the half, which we high-fived about. We did. We did. We knew that we scored in the 39th minute, so we were probably going to consider a goal <laughs> before the 44th <laughs> minute. Able to finish out the half. Great, great time for us. We thought that, hey, this is it. We're good. Yeah, you would have saw us. You thought we would have won the game. <laughs> yeah, four minutes into the second half, Brian White gets a go-ahead goal on it. Psych! <laughs> Psych! Took it right back from us. And then we battle. And then we battle and we push. And I honestly liked the next, you know, 20, 25 minutes we, we see here of, of, uh, of soccer, of football. Um, but ultimately, we just can't convert. I mean, we, we, we can hit shots. We can hit shots all day. We just cannot convert them into goals. Uh, fall apart at the end. 85th minute, Ben Mines uh, puts one in. And then in the 90th plus one minute, Daniel Royer with the fourth goal of the night. And we lose four to one. Fairly uh, disappointing to say the least. This was the first game I think we really saw Inter Miami uh, play well in terms of possession, uh, keeping the ball. Movement looked great. We, we were controlling everything. We were losing on. I mean, sixty-five percent possession is what we had. Thirty-five percent possession is what New York had. We had fourteen shots, four on target. They had ten shots, five on target. Basically, they were able to maximize their time be very lethal on the counterattacks. Um, and honestly, we just kind of watched our back line crumble in that second half, and it was very, very tough to watch. That's been a strength of ours. Uh, we have said pretty much throughout the season with the issue always being an attack, but now we're starting to see some issues pop up in that back line. Uh, in that game, though, also notably without Andres Reyes, he was uh, suspended a game for yellow card accumulation. Um, he apparently hasn't he did that warning because he got a yellow card in the Philly game. But, um, yeah, you know, um, it's, it's honestly sad. Uh, we have that much possession and, and look good and then uh, come up, just beat down. And I think we turned to, turned to each other and we're like, you know what, we'll just uh, – we'll do a podcast for the next game. I think, I think everyone <laughs> left your uh, – we watched it at your house that time and uh, we were not – we were not in good moves, man. It wasn't even like a joyous like goodbye. It was just like, I'm out, dude. Peace. Yeah. The, you know? the wild stat that has me on this game is just – the four goals that the Red Bulls put in and the fact that they had five shots on target. So that's literally 80% a rack. You're putting the ball in the back of the net. The game, I mean, I'll be honest, you know, there was probably a goal there that didn't need to be. I think, you know, we kind of just, you know, put took our foot off the pedal a little bit at the end, made it look a little bit worse than what it was. But we can't disguise this. It wasn't the best showing from our club, especially rolling off of the high that we were on. I'm sure everybody out there was expecting our first winning streak, but that was not the case. We um, actually have lost three of our last five now, and those two wins were actually against Atlanta United. 
Yeah, I mean, we're getting wins against you know some of the the worst or lesser teams of the of, of the league, if you will. Uh, yeah, came in good form. This was a game everyone thought was winnable, mm-hmm. and then here we go out and just you lose four one, not even close. It was a um, test. It was a test. I'm sure all of us were excited to play a team too that wasn't you know Orlando or Atlanta and. Unfortunately, it just didn't turn out the way that we uh, would have hoped. Well, that second goal by uh, Brian White was uh, Mm -hmm. especially painful. I think there were about three or four passes inside of our box. I mean, they were just moving the ball at will. We couldn't cover. And, uh, I mean, really, the last three goals they got were all pretty damn easy goals. You know, it's not like they were doing anything super special. It was just great. Uh, their their plan went you know went just as they planned it out. I mean, it was tactical football, and uh, and they got the win. Yeah, unfortunately for us, things did not get better. We are recording this podcast on Monday, dropping it on Tuesday, coming up on the back end of September. But it will be September 29th. The match was on Sunday evening against the Philadelphia Union, which as we know, is a very, very tough opponent. Uh, We went ahead and cashed in another L. Uh, We lost this match three to love. Uh, Philadelphia, as of today, now has eight wins, two losses, and four ties to their name, and they are second currently in the Eastern Conference. They are. uh, They're a good team. Uh, We knew they were a good team. We lost two to one, uh, basically on a counterattack in the MLS's back tournament to Casper Sabelko, who is just six four of just pure, pure hunting animal instincts. Can't take anything away from him. Uh, but another tough, tough game you see here, man, and another goal that was just breaking down really in the box with with Aronson. It was the second goal, and he just. He ran. I mean, there's it's been some pain. There's been some pain. Uh, I'll just give you the quick statistics, and then uh, you know we got some points we're gonna we're gonna highlight here. But uh, overall, 16 fouls in Philadelphia, only 10 on Miami. So it's good to see us trying to tone down the fouls as best we can. Although Reyes picked up an early yellow after being suspended for a game for yellow card accumulation. Uh, other notable things that like four offsides. Offsides were really getting us this game. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia only had one. We had eight corner kicks, and we couldn't convert any of them. Still yet to have scored off a free uh, set piece or free kick. Who's going to do it, man? We talk about this every single week. I have no idea. I mean, Philadelphia only had two corner kicks. uh, Robles had two saves, two great saves. And then, of course, Blake, who's just consistently proven himself to be one of the best keepers in the league. Uh, Three saves, a really tough save off uh, a nice Ben Sweat play. We'll get into that. But uh, shot-wise, man, this is what is just starting to really irk me. So Philadelphia only had seven total shots, five being on target and three being goals. Enter Miami. This is embarrassing. Um, To preface it, I'm excited that everyone's shooting more. Because there's been so many games where nobody wants to actually take the shot. It's just all pass it. But here we have 16 shots and only three on target for zero goals. Quick math. That is 18, almost 19%. It's not good, man. That's it's not, not good, good at all. That's not going to cut it. The stat that stands out to me most in this game, just like the last game against the Red Bulls, is five shots on target three goals now at face value we're looking at that and again 60 percent quick math now however we're going to get into more of this on robles's play but 
those two goals that they missed that had a shot on goal were damn near almost goals as it was. And if Robles didn't do a phenomenal save on both of them, we would have been in some serious trouble, and this should have been 5-0. Oh, yeah. No, it, it easily could have been 5-0. No, you're 100% right. Um, scary balls. And we came up big in those moments, but overall, backline struggled continuously. I mean, LGP um, kind of was the highlight of our, of our defensive backline. But overall, I think – the, the highlight of the night was that we got to see the debut of uh, Iguain And to be fair, did not go nearly as well as I think everyone hoped. And specifically, Iguain had hoped. But it was nice to see someone who um, acted with confidence on the ball uh, in an attacking position. Um, right away, his first touch, beautiful little turn, created space, uh, dished the ball out. Uh, his first goal broke off to the left, cut the angle down basically for a one-on-one -on -one shot against Blake um, and skied it by really only like two or three inches. So, you know, that was a, a big sign for hope. Um, what were your, uh, you know, initial thoughts on, you know, he didn't score, but just overall his style of play and, and his impact on, on the team and, and, you know, on the field as a whole? There were a couple of takeaways and I think it starts at the very beginning of we have a threat as a striker on the offensive side. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> when he missed that first goal, I'm pretty sure all of Inter-Miami La Familia held their breath because I think we all saw a little bit of turn in the tides of our season. I think that just having him on the offensive, just as a threat or as a presence out on the pitch is going to do wonders for our team. It's going to offer the freedom. Now, I think one of the biggest problems that we played with last night was the fact that we didn't really play with the freedom and we felt a little stuck up ish. We felt a little, you know, tight, I would say like almost like we didn't want to make a mistake, but I think through weeks and months and games and playing together, this team is only going to get better. And again, we have them for a couple of years, but as a big takeaway, it was just the offensive threat that we had on side of the ball. This was the first time that really all season I felt that way. Sure. We've seen glimpses of, you know, Agudelo or, you know, Robbie Robinson, you know, show and flash and things like that. And, you know, Pizarro, but I just think the tandem of Pizarro and Iguain is going to be something special. He, he unfortunately did come up short in his debut one with one nasty bicycle kick that probably would have had the world on fire if he would have executed it and you know another one for the BK but you know all in all it was great to have an offensive threat out there Jay it was very nice to see that bicycle kick was uh, almost made it too so, man. so cool. I mean that in the PK were literally just a couple inches off um, I joked you know we, we were in a group chat and I, uh, I said brace you know brace off the rip in his first game very close to, to doing that, honestly. Um, and then, you know, I, I truly believe that player said something after he missed the PK. He got all up in his face, uh, which is good. I mean, you want to see that passion. Uh, he wants to come here uh, and just rip goals. You can see that he's very eager to score. So, overall, um, I say it was good. Um, you know, Aguadello, I, I don't think anyone's really sold on him. He does prove us wrong with goals. I would love to see more of like a 4-1-2-1-2 and have Pizarro being more of a cam uh, central attacker with, you know, Iguain and, and Robbie or Iguain and Julian Carranza, or I mean, even Aguadella, but just kind of mix up the, the formation. I'm honestly not sold on the formation after, you know, all, all of these games that we played now. I mean, what are we up to? Like 14 games now, something like that? Yeah, 14 games. Uh, and um, I can't say I'm honestly sold on the 4-2-3-1 with our team. Um, I'd like to see something change. I think that 
Iguain's not only going to have an impact for our, our team on the field in regards to attack, but he's also going to be able to mentor the younger players, right? So, I mean, Aguadelo, he's not like super old. I think he's, what, 26, 27, mm -hmm. something like mm -hmm. that. Uh, Robbie uh, is 22, and Carranza mm -hmm. is maybe 22, about the, the, the same age, yeah, uh, just thinking off top. So they're, they're all young, and he could really, you know, help mentor them as a kind of – that's a really crucial stage, right? Kind of that, that that's how you, you, you really focus on your work prep and continue to grow every day. And then you come out hopefully, you know, in your mid twenties to late twenties of really hitting your prime. So, you know, we're counting on a lot from Gonzalo as well as Matuidi and Pizarro. Cause those are our leaders, but uh, you can definitely see the improvement. Their chemistry needs to grow overall, but we're seeing the improvement. Absolutely, we're seeing the improvement. And when you sign an Iguain, it, it, it takes the entire league by notice. And, you know, one thing that I kind of saw last night, Jay, and I'm actually curious to hear your opinion. We didn't we didn't get to watch the Philadelphia game together for the first time in a while. But I, one thing that kind of stood out to me, man, was that, like, it seemed like our team was – was like afraid to screw up almost. Mm -hmm. And maybe it was the presence of having a world-class footballer on your club, you know, not saying anything against Pizarro or even Lewis Morgan or Matuidi, but the first time that this club is experiencing a player that's really in the world rankings. Yeah. And it was interesting to see the club play with him for the first time because we, we felt tight. And I don't want to play like that sports and athletics and especially football you need to play freely and i'm curious to see your opinion on you know if you saw the same thing or am i totally off on that no um yeah i guess for lack of a, of a better word i think tight is very highly applicable i'd say chunky i'd say rigid you know we we, we were not playing free-flowing smooth uh football we see the teams we're playing with seem to do it you know with a lot more ease than what we do so, you know, maybe there's some nerves. Maybe it's the fact that we've lost to him previously and we, we really want to make sure we don't mess up early. But there is definitely something there. Or it just could be you want to, you know, make sure you play well with, with Iguain on the field. You know, the, the thing is, Iguain, you know, he's not um, – He's not like Zlatan, right? Everyone kind of wants to compare him to Zlatan based off the amount of money he's making and just recent big-name transfers. Um, Zlatan is an absolute animal. He is – the best way to describe Zlatan is he is just Zlatan, right? You, there's mm -hmm. like he literally can manipulate every situation. It doesn't matter where he has the ball. If he wants to kick it, it's going to be on target. Like it's insane. His first goal in the MLS from like that mid court mm -hmm. rip is just filthy. He can kind of do whatever he wants. I Iguain is is different, right? He he thrives more um, in a well oiled machine. He thrives more in in a nice system. He's great at uh, getting in behind. Um, you know, making nice key runs, looking for through balls uh, or a little over the top ball. So, you know, I see this kind of going two ways, right? Is either the team is going to have to change itself to fit Gonzalo Higuain for us to find success. The other way I see it is that Gonzalo is going to have to try and alter what his comfortable playing style is. And I would say in the same breath, that this would be the appropriate league for someone of that stature to make some tweaks to their game and play with a little bit different purpose. Okay, well, let me ask you this, because one of the big topics that we were talking about off mic today was 
almost a reliance on the crosses that it really seemed like Lewis Morgan was firing in every single play. So with what you just said, how do you see the team kind of adjusting and getting a little bit more tailored to Iguain's instead of this whole long ball crossing, you know, type of aspect of the game? Yeah, it's it's strange, right? Because like Diego preaches, like don't don't you know hit a long ball, right? Keep it all just close balls, and uh, really the only long balls I think we're we're taking are crosses. Yeah, right. That's the only one with distance. Now we did see uh, uh, several very nice passes, um, you know, across the field to play to switch play. You know, um, that was a big difference that I saw that was more tactical, where we were actually crossing more in the latter third versus in the middle of the pitch. I saw that as a difference and I actually really liked it. Yeah. I mean, but it was definitely uh, it was picking up and we were doing it more successful. The, the passes were more accurate and we could completely switch the field of play. So, um, you know, it, it was nice. Now, honestly, I got sidetracked. What was your question again? <laughs> My question was more related to the creativity that. Iguain offers our club now that we did not have previously to this match against the Philadelphia Union up until really now and especially highlighted in our in in this match and even a little bit oh, more in the Red okay, Bulls okay. was the crosses that we were just firing in left and right. It seemed like if Breck Shea was the one or if it seemed like Lewis Morgan, it seemed like that was our focal point on the attack. Yes, exactly. Okay, so this is something that I really it's starting to irk me quite a bit actually. Um you know, I, I know you like to, to, to bet on sports a lot. I'm not really a, a sports gambler. Can't um, get this year. You know, I like poker and, and I like roulette. If you put me in front of a roulette table, we're about to have some fun. Um, <laughs> kind of the first way I ever got into roulette was simply just betting black or, or red. It was never getting into the numbers play. I'm a guy of probability, right? You can flip a coin in any given time, 50-50, whether it's heads or tail. Now, can you flip a coin 10 times and it be heads every time? Well, that probability is significantly harder to do than, say, laying two in a row. So I kept watching the game last night, and I kept seeing these these attacks come in through the midfield and just pass off to the right to Lewis Morgan. Okay, runs down, does a little move to create space, runs to the end line, crosses in. Okay, does it again, does it again, does it again. Now he's got the ball. I'm like, okay, like now he's going to throw them off. Now he's going to cut on inside. Doesn't cut inside, does it again. I'm like, all right, here we are again. Now like he's going to do it, right? You got to keep the defenders on their feet. He doesn't do it again. I found myself in that position of saying, what is the probability that he just keeps going outside? And it was 100%. We can't just keep you know, going through the midfield into a centralized attack and then just pass that ball off to the, the, the right or the left, right? Whether that be Aguadello um, until he was subbed out for, for Robinson or whether that be Lewis Morgan. We seem to be so reliant on a cross and – I don't really know of any other teams that focus on crosses this much because it's not like we're really great at getting ahead to it or getting a foot to it and converting. So I don't know why we're not cutting inside on the corner of the box and either rip it with your right from outside the box, rip it with your left, or try and find somebody in the, the box itself, especially like Iguain who could just take the ball, turn so quickly, and get off a shot. Who on our team has tried to shoot from outside the box? I Some, someone take a rip, please. I like, think we've seen Lewis Morgan maybe do it once, or and he missed a pretty fairly open goal with I, his left. But we got to cut inside and have the confidence that we can we can smack in the ball from outside the box. It doesn't have to be right, you know, six feet in front of the goalie. Like there's no need to have it well, like try from the outside and see where it gets you. 
This it's is the something, same thing. I think this is something that we're going to see change. And well, if I not, mean, defenses it, are going to pick up on it, and then they know what we're going to do well, 95% of the time. Guess, I, reality, I think they already know what we're going to do because it's something we've been doing this entire season. I don't. I can't yeah. remember one goal we've had outside the box. I think the rip that comes to mind was even back in freaking February when Pizarro was ripping them over at uh, DC United. That but, was inside the box. That was close. Oh, God. Well, to your point, I think Iguain's going to be one of those players because he's just given the green light. Right. He's just like, hey, you know, go uh, license to kill. Go do whatever you want to do. He's going to sniff goals. He's going to be around the uh, the goals. Every single play, I think, is going to be ran through him on the attack. I don't see how you don't. He's an eight point eight million dollar man. Now I'm stuck in my head trying to think of who's I think one of Lewis's was when he got the brace. But besides that, like, I honestly it's crazy. Cut in and, and just have a go. But I think that's what Gonzalo is going to bring. He is. He's going to have the green light to do with what he wants, yeah. and he's going to rock at those outside the box. And I mean, you totally think fine. for the past three years, he's been training against, you know, I would imagine every day against um, uh, mm-hmm. Juan Luigi Buffon, one of yeah. the best goalkeepers yeah. in the mm-hmm. history of the mm-hmm. sport. So um, I think he's going to have a little more confidence from outside the box. Like, let me see if I can just shred these MLS keepers, right? You got to think we'll we hope. he's got the mentality that all the players around him are not as good as what he's been used to for his whole career. Um, so yeah. I'm really excited to see him kind of get, get more involved outside the box. And hopefully that leads to the other players getting more confident outside the box. Because we saw some for the first time we've never really seen. And that was an attacking Ben Sweat. Not just a attacking with helping out with a cross. We're talking about getting into the box, putting down a move with his left foot, his strong foot. And then he almost had a goal, except Blake saved it. So I'm hoping that confidence wears off. But at the same time, man, 16 shots only three are on target well and no goals listen until this last game and here's some numbers to throw at you Rodolfo Pizarro is paid 4.9 million a year and pretty much considered our cam he he is our center attacking mid for this club now Gonzalo Higuain 8.8 million dollars a year we have huge money thrown up front right now so much that it is the top payroll in the attack in the entire mls so you guys wanted to see big names you guys wanted to see a flash you guys got it because no way in hell is this club pulling my tweety pizarro and iguain on this club if it wasn't for the help of david beckham yeah i mean even you know Matty Pelomessi is uh is, is you know dp and expensive and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really I'm really hoping that, you know, Pizarro is no longer the big dog on the team. No. You know, now you right. got two very successful, very well credentialed, you know, midfielder and, and a forward in, in Gonzalo and uh, in Matuidi, respectively. So, you know, he's got a lot to learn from them. But I also really am hoping to see some sort of fire come out of him be like, yo, you know, I'm 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 big money as well. I gotta I gotta prove my worth. And you know, so far he he's he's scored what, three goals for us, and um, he's definitely a highlight of the team. But I would like to see more confidence from him outside the box. Just have a go, man. It's okay. Just have a go. There's no need to try and break everything down to at the keeper's feet to just slide one past. Yeah, I do too. And you know, listen, was it our best showing? No, but or. 
Philadelphia Union is one of the best clubs in the MLS. They are phenomenal. Yep. They're a dark horse to win this if they're even a dark, horse, a dark horse this year I because think there's, there's yeah, I mean they are phenomenal yeah. to play and to watch. And again, this goes to our story of Inter Miami this year. <laughs> Every single challenge that was possible, imaginable or even unimaginable has happened to this club. Think about that for a second. Everything has gone wrong. Yeah. And you know what? Why the hell? Why the hell not just start it off this way? Because the reality is things are going to get better. We have a tough close to our season, and we're going to get into that. But again, we've said it week after week, especially after this Matuidi and Iguain news, we're, we're a club that you're not going to want to play. And that's a reality. At the end of October, when this season comes up, you know, 10 spots in the East make the playoffs. And I can tell you, no club wants to play world-class talent like those three. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly right. I mean, we, we really, we, there's only up from here. You know, we can't really do much worse. And the chemistry, right when we started to get chemistry, like, together, we added a new player. So now we kind of got to work on it because they're a whole different caliber of players. If you look at the top four, we're talking Columbus, Philly, Toronto, Orlando City – they're separated by four points in total, right? And then there's a pretty significant drop-off. Uh, you know, the New well, those three Reds, teams, sorry to jump in, but those three teams that you just listed are three teams, teams that we those four well, those three teams that you listed are in our final ten games. So we played Toronto, we played Philadelphia, and mm -hmm. we played uh when we play Orlando as in a few weeks. So Did we really skate with not having to play Columbus? Yes, we That's did. That's crazy. That is absolutely insane. But it's a big drop off there. You know, we, we're technically, quote unquote, right now, 13 out of 14 on the East. I mean, it literally would take three or four solid wins to, uh, to, to get us into the playoffs. So keep developing, keep working. We will get there. We like what we see. It just sucks because right when we see the attack improve with, with, with Iguain's addition, we start to see the back have issues. So, you know, it's like we just yeah, can't, hey, we can't win. We can't get a grip on it all, you know? You can't get a grip on it all. And, you know, I guess to move out of the attack and more into the midfield, we had a sighting, Jay, from a guy, you know, Greek brother of mine, Mr. Will Trapp. We hadn't seen him in a while. We did. Yeah, he's been coming on as a sub as of lately. Um, but we he came out there and, you know, he was kind of orchestrating things well and the, the offense run through him. So... You know, get this is gonna be interesting because is he on the chopping block or not with salary cap? Well, the salary, or did he say, "Hey, I'm here to stay with that performance"? Salary cap's a big question. Obviously, Uyoya has the starting eleven pretty much. It seems like locked in. Even though I wouldn't mind seeing Trap even mixed into these multi-game weeks, I don't think it would be a bad thing to get a different look out there. But one thing that who uh, oh God who was it? I think it was actually Henry. Henry was talking to us over uh, uh, DMs on IG, and he was talking. Man, he's like, we gotta defensive midfield he's just like we don't really have that much creativity or force or even you know kind of even uh you know i don't i don't even know what the right word is to be honest but we don't really have a presence on the offensive side of the midfield besides bizarro and when you start looking at it like my and uyoya and you know even will trap when he comes off the bench he, he is kind of right there is there is no real kind of offensive help besides bizarro which kind of brings me to a question does does my Tweety and I and he doesn't do this, but does he need to look to score more on our team for the first time in his career? It's kind of similar situation to uh, to Gonzalo. Like if this is the team where you're going to kind of switch up your position or your playing style, 
you know, that this is definitely the league. Um, you know, the issue here is that we've got Morgan really on the right wing, what you would consider more in the attack. Um, you know, in whether you do Aguadelo, Carranza, or Robbie on the right wing, you know, more of the attack. So the midfield, you know, is basically left with two CDMs because we're playing the double pivot. And then, you know, you, you typically are going to have like a, a Pizarro, uh, you know, in the center and uh, and people around him. But I want to see some some changes, right? I, I really want to see some changes because we start off in this 4-2-3-1 where, you know, Morgan's on the, the right of Pizarro. Uh, and Aguadella on the left. But once we go down, then they kind of push three up top, right? They're playing more forward, and, and the midfield kind of gets hurt. Um, I would like to see, honestly, maybe like a 4-3-3, uh, kind of uh, with a with a cam pushed up a little more, being Pizarro. And then, you know, have even Morgan more on that, that right mid section, and even Blaze on that last, last minute and say, hey, you've got the talent. We need you to play a little bit more of an attacking role. And then that's going to give us three up top. And if we have, you know, Iguain as our center forward, and then we have, you know, say Carranza or Robbie on either, you know, wing out of him, I think it's going it, it to, it would allow a lot more attacking minded uh, midfield creation because no matter how you break it down, the double pivot is set up for someone to stay back. So they're trying to figure that out as gameplay goes on, but someone's always staying back. I like our back four most games, except for these you know past two. But I think if you have a Matuidi into that midfield in a 4-3-3 that can drop back or even have him kind of centralized but more drop back with maybe uh, you know Morgan on, on the right ahead of him and Pizarro on the left ahead of him, then that would almost add to like a five in the back kind of situation. But we need to see something different because we are now 14 games of almost every game being 4-2-3-1. And the same issues are happening. We're not getting creativity in the midfield, even though we, quote unquote, have five people in the midfield. And we're not seeing the attacking presence because we just lack that talent, which we have now. So now let's kind of add some support to Gonzalo, right? Let's get a Robbie on the right. Let's get a Carranza on the left. And uh, and let's make Blaze go into more of an attacking midfield position. Let's see where it gets us. The player you didn't mention, man, was uh, Pellegrini. And that's... Well, Pella, Messi, and Breck Shea will be on for subs. <laughs> Breck, Breck has his spot in this team, and that's damn for sure. But Pellegrini was actually someone we were, we were talking about today where we saw sparks in the Red Bulls game because he had a couple plays that were absolutely beautiful. And, again, we talk about it week in and week out, it seems like, on this podcast, especially over the last month. But Pellegrini is holding one of our young DP slots. So, you know, that player is weighted a little bit differently than everybody else, yeah. you know. So the kid obviously has talent. Um, if anything, I almost think in a season like this where we are in our first year as a club and we are in an expansion year, let's go ahead and see what the kids got. I mean, I've been a little bit against it through the last few weeks. And then, Jay, you know that more than anybody. But at this point, and especially the lineup that we rolled out there, I would rather see the potential of Pella Messi versus what we already know of Juan Aguadello. Uh, oh, buddy. If I've, I've said I agree with you many times in this podcast, I don't know if I've ever said it with such weight right now. I completely agree with you, dude. I sit there, whether you know, when we're at work, so I hope no, none of our directors or executives are listening to this, <laughs> whether I'm sitting on the couch, like taking a shower or even just talking to people, I'm trying to think in my mind, other formations we can run. And we, we really, the players that we like the most are really, it's kind of tough to come up with an ideal 
formation for him, but we got to try something different. We have to figure out a way to make our midfield more creative and attack minded. And we need to add more support on the actual attack. I'm sick of losing by one goal. I'd rather, you know, kind of take a playbook from the, our, our boy, Andy Reid with the Kansas city Chiefs. Maybe, maybe the best defense is a good offense, man. You know, I've tried to think three at the back, four at the back, five at the back, several different midfield situations, several different attacking situations. I'm just, I'm not sold on where we are right now. I want to see some change. We see improvements. We see other areas decrease. Um, but I, I think we'd all love to see Matuidi step up a little bit and uh, and get some goals and, and join the attack, honestly. He's got the talent. Well, listen, I mean, uh, this isn't Serie A. This is the MLS. I think his role to what you said a few minutes ago can change, and he's got the ability and the talent and the quality to do so. But, you know, to kind of pivot into a little bit more of a positive, you know, it's crazy we're talking about a positive on a 3-0 loss, but – Robles, man, just just another game that he has played well. And, you know, my hat's off to him because you can tell he definitely wants to win. He's yelling out orders as he should. He is our captain. He is our fearless leader. Um, but he, he's saving goals left and right, but they're still scoring like bananas on us. I mean, there was a there was a save on the 10th and the 54th minute, and those were the two goals that were missed by Philadelphia Union on their shots on goal that he saved. And, man, I, I don't know too many goalkeepers in the league that can have those saves. So, you know, it's great to have him on the back. Look, uh, most of these goals are not his fault, right? It's the back line falling apart. Um, I can really think of like two goals um, where I think that he could have done a better job to save it. But for the most part, no. Robles has been playing great. Again, can't wait to have you in the in the stadium while the supporters groups uh, sing your song because you're going to be very happy, I think, once you hear it. Um, it's one of my favorites, honestly. But uh, that was really, honestly, I think the only kind of positive takeaway we have from the defense. I mean, I, I don't want us to get too negative, but this is where we really struggled and – you know, one of the things that blew my mind is we were without Reyes for a game. He missed a game due to yellow card accumulation. They suspended him for him game. What does he do right away in the early moments of the first half? Oh, just steps on a foot to get a to get a foul and uh, get a get a yellow card. Like we're about to lose this man for for additional games if he can't get it together. I mean, he he's been looking poor the past games. We know our fans. We hold Ben Sweat dear to our heart, but we know our fans have, have definitely um, have some things to say about him. LGP seems to really be the only one that's holding it down centrally in a defensive position. And even Fagal, you know, has seen some struggles uh, in this past game. But, you know, Fagal and LGP are, are really the, the, the cornerstones, if you will. We're going to have to find out some solutions. I think Reyes, again, he's on a one-year loan. So, right? So, we're either going to mm-hmm, buy him or not. Mm-hmm. I think the potential's there. I think if you tr- if if you can continue to work with him, you can get him into a great player. But at the, if you're going to take that route, well, then you're going to have to deal with these you know mistakes that a younger player is going to make. Well, I would agree, and I think there's only one player really in the mix, and that is Dylan Nealis, because I think our club showed their cards earlier today in trading. Roman Torres because you know hey don't look now he's not on our team anymore and. You know, that is still a veteran player in the MLS that we have seen play well this year. So 
the only person really on the back line is is Dylan, and and whether that be subbing in for Reyes or potentially even Ben, you know, Ben seems like he's pretty much started uh, every single game. It might be good to kind of see a little bit of a different line about there. You know, Blen has done us well, but you know he's also had his challenge always over the last few games. I mean, it's also just really tough when you know you're forced to substitutions. Uh, you know, due to injury. I mean, we had Agudelo get injured. And then they had to bring on uh, Robbie Robinson. And then we saw Andreas get injured and they brought on Dylan Nila. So really, you know, Alonso only had one sub he can make, which he switched out, you know, a little trap for, for Victor Yoya, which we all, you know, assume is going to happen and, and let Matuidi play. But, uh, you know, it's just a tough loss, man. And, and their second goal was just another one of those great plays where we're just, we, we fumble it in the box, right? Aronson comes on from the right side where they attack from, you know, primarily, that's that's pretty much Philly's game plan is attack from the right side. We let him go all the way across the box. He gets a little pass on the left side of the box behind the line, and it's an easy goal. The the, the last two goals were, were very easy goals. Again, um, the only good news out of all of this is that, you know, Brendan Aronson's actually going to be out of the league soon. He, he's linked and uh, apparently making a move to uh, Red Bull Salzburg in Austria. So he's going to kick off his uh, his international career. So good news, we won't have to deal with him. Uh, seems any longer. Uh, also good news is keep an eye out for him because if you're rooting for U.S. in the World Cup, he's going to be a prime, prime asset to that team. I think that actually happens at the end of the season though so he oh is... the qualification doesn't start till 2022 yeah so he's still yeah. very much live oh no he might be out in a couple of weeks i think is what it said hmm. we'll see we will see i don't know we to be fair we don't closely follow all of philadelphia's players <laughs> so you can't really blame us but look uh we will get this back line in order alonzo will focus on that the attack will come up there with the uh the new additions um, let's kind of go ahead and, uh, and roll forward a little bit. Uh, we do have a game coming up. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on this game? I know you've got some, some stuff to say, so I'll kind of let you just, uh, run through these, uh, you know, your predictions and, and what we need to look out for and, and, you know, what we need to be prepared for as a team. Yeah. I mean, our next game is against NYCFC. The game's going down. It's going down Saturday night. August, no, geez, August, August, 2020, man, has been October a brutal one. 3rd? October 3rd, bro. October 3rd, we're in the fourth quarter of Time is a construct. Yes. <laughs> oh, let's don't have that conversation again. Um, anyway, we're going to ignore that. But 8 p.m., this is going down. It's a home game. It is here, and it is against NYCFC, in case you didn't know, here is a home game. But so. NYCFC has six wins, six losses, and check it out, two ties. They got 20 points, and they're six in the East. They they are a team on a roll, my they're friend. Back around. They struggled in the, the early part of the season. They have turned their season around. It's going to be a lot tougher than when we played them in the MLS's back tournament. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, we played them back in July 20th, and we lost one love to them. And this is going to be quite a different team that we're going to play. They played uh, FC Cincinnati on, what is it, Saturday night, I actually think, the same time that Inter-Miami was playing, and they whooped on them. 4-0. Um, that was absolutely a monster game. Um, and Alexandru 
is coming to life, sir, which is not a good thing for us. He is a bona fide stud, and we're going to have to deal with him come this weekend. So they are on a roll, like we said, in their last eight matches. They have five wins, one loss, and two ties. And oh, yeah, check this out. The one loss was against Toronto. So during that period, they've had 12 goals, three goals against them, and five clean sheets. Sean Johnson is playing out of his mind. He's a beast, baby. He's a beast. He needs to be the starting keeper for the U.S. men's national team. You've been saying that for a while. I don't know how Brad Guzon is. Maybe his back line is just that bad, but he lets a lot of goals go. Sean, I like him. He's a swaggy player, yet he's humble, and he's just an absolute monster in the goal. Yeah, you're going to have to watch out for him. Goals are going to be tough to come this next match, which is not music to our ears. Sean Johnson leads the MLS with saves, 55 to be exact, and six shutouts. So the dude is crushing it. He's also a 10-year veteran. Um, other players of note, Alexander Ring, he is in the midfield. He plays out of Finland National. Three goals to his name this year. Um, you know, not really out of a defensive set. He is all about pushing up, and he actually had the goals about 15, 20 yards from the, the, the goalkeeper itself. So plays up, even though he's much, much well-known for his defensive mindset. Um, it's been a little bit of a different change for Alexander this year, but we'll go ahead and see what he's got. Go ahead, Inter-Miami fans, and think of him as your Blaze Matuidi. So he's got three goals to his name. We need Blaze with three goals, and then bada-bing, bada-boom. He was also a 2018 MLS all-star too to point out so you know the team is playing very well and that brings us to alexandru matria probably butchered that and you nailed that but anyway playing out he's a forward dp out of romania playing on the romania national club he's their cam he is their huge offensive threat he scored both goals against fc cincinnati like we talked about but Guy does start for the national team in Romania, and he has two goals and two assists on the year. Last player I wanted to go ahead and mention is Heber. He is a forward. Last year, he led NYCFC with 15 goals. This year, a mere one with two assists. And, you know, those are really kind of the badasses on this club, Jay, that we're going to have to deal with all damn night. But there was one player in particular that the last time we played NYCFC really caught our eye, and that's Tinderholm. And, man, that dude just got a face I hate. Yeah, he's a. I don't condone violence, but he's a very punchable face. His just attitude and whole demeanor. If Reyes always, wants to get his yellow card against him, I'm, a, I'm honestly like he okay with it. Always just complains, Tenor Home. So go home. Go home. That's what we need to look out for. Um, really, what I'll be looking for is uh, the the uh, cohesion in the back line, getting back to where it needs to be. Gonzalo, um, even though he missed that penalty. I'm sure which was embarrassing, but you could tell he just wanted to score. He absolutely blasted it. It really wasn't that far off. Still a miss, but he'll get everything together. I'm really not too concerned with him. He's going to start ripping some goals uh, for us. So let's get it together in Miami. Let's get these wins. Over, under, one and a half goals. Iguain next match, NYCFC. Ooh, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go – I'm going to be humble. I'm going to say one. All right. Okay. You're going to say here. one. You're here. I, I called the Braves last time. He almost had it. So I'm just going to be more on the humble side. Maybe it's uh, it's more realistic. 
Uh, but that's all we have really for that. We'll uh, we'll tune into that game and, and update everyone afterwards. A um, couple more items that we did want to cover. Just we were meant to should have probably mentioned this earlier in the episode. Just power rankings wise, we are uh, we were 18. We're uh, now down uh, several spots to 23rd, but I'm sure that will be on the rise once Iguain gets up to speed and starts his goal tally yes and like we talked about in the beginning of the podcast really really exciting next episode bonus pod for everybody out there so we are collecting our list of listener i was going to say users listener questions so if you do have question questions go ahead and email us jay and alex at intermiamipodcast.com and you heard it here. First time getting the email right in 41 episodes. Oh, wow. That's a good point. About 369 days. Give this man a round of applause. I unless appreciate you're, it. Unless you're driving, keep your hands on the nah, wheel. Nah, you can give, give me a round of applause. <laughs> he, finally, he finally got it right. There we go. Uh, or you can DM us, whatever, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever you want to. It's all fan. good. Tweet us, DM us, FB us. Yep. Write us, email us, note us, letter us. So to our last point, player rumors. I shared this over the weekend. Uh, got some love. We've been receiving questions on it today. Got a tweet. We're talking about the Dutch international attacker, Steven Bergeis. He plays for uh, the Arriva de Vici side, which is the uh, Belgium, Netherlands, Holland, whatever you want to call them. We love all the names. Uh, but he plays for uh, Feyenoord. Um, he's a captain, and he is, you know, more of a winger. He's only 28 years old. Uh, but look, I, I honestly like this guy. Um, I think, you know, Pelo Messi might be on the chopping block. I think we're making an assessment of who's going to play that left wing role for us. Maybe even switch to Lewis Morgan over there and, and let uh, you know Stephen play on the right. But yeah, you know, here's some interesting facts. So he's played in the English Premier League. Uh, back in 2015, 2016 with Watford, not appearances, no goals. Yeah, you would think that wouldn't be that great. Now, from 2016, he's been playing for Feyenoord, and uh, 118 appearances, 52 goals. I'll take those all day. So I'll say, give me, give me, give me some Steven Bergweis. Be a nice addition. He's interested in potentially coming to the MLS. Inter Miami is interested in having him potentially club to the club. So. Keep your eyes out. That'll be interesting how it develops over the next two weeks. But that is all for the show, folks. I almost said for the folks. I was about to say, I thought you were going to rip out a folks right there. It's been a while, Jay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll work on it. Thank you, everyone. A little bit longer of an episode. Wanted to play that catch up for you guys, though, as always. Vamos, Miami, baby. Vamos, Miami. We will see y'all next time.